Welcome to the Dermatology Podcast, the official podcast of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology. I'm Christopher Horskamp. And I'm Cecilia Mitzmarsh. And we are your hosts. A few months back, the EADV hosted a webcast titled Challenging Situations in Cosmetic Dermatology with Professor Ashraf Badawi. Cosmetic dermatology is a rising star. It is a practice which is uh, really happening on a daily basis. Today we are going to check out that webcast, but before we do that... Did you know that the EADV offers free webcasts every other Wednesday at 2 p.m.? To see what's coming up next, go to eadv.org under education. Members have the added benefit of watching them on demand later and download the certificate of attendance. And? If you're not already an EADV member, have you thought about becoming one? Benefit from access to on-demand webcasts, online courses, medical journals, including EADV's esteemed JEADV, over 20 textbooks, reduced fees for congresses and symposia, and much, much more. Just go to eadv.org under membership for more information. Professor Ashraf Badawi currently serves as Professor of Dermatology at the Laser Institute of Cairo University in Egypt and Visiting Professor of Dermatology and Laser Applications at Zagad University in Hungary. He's the Vice President of the European Society for Laser Dermatology and President of ESCAD. Certainly an expert in the field. Let's see what he has to say about challenging situations in cosmetic dermatology. Today we are going to be talking about challenging situations in cosmetic dermatology. And cosmetic dermatology is rising star. It is a practice which is uh, really happening on a daily basis, everywhere, every day, everywhere in the world. So definitely there are some challenges. The first one is anticoagulant therapy and aesthetic procedure. Uh, in many articles, in many lectures, in many courses, in many workshops, I hear a comment that we should stop the anticoagulant therapy before doing injectables in order to avoid bruises. So let us see what's in the literature and then conclude. So this was uh, an article about treatment of soft tissue filler complications. And uh, it's an expert consensus recommendations. And this was published in 2017 in the aesthetic plastic surgery. Uh, the publication was in 2018. So they uh, dealt with many issues regarding the filler injection and so on. However, they wrote in this uh, article that different substances associated with anticoagulation, including non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug medications, many vitamin, herbal supplements, and antiplatelet should be discontinued seven to 10 days, not without consultation with treating physician prior to treatment to reduce the risk of bruising. We see international figures who claim that this should be stopped for seven to 10 days before the injection of fillers. Let us see if this is something we all agree on. So another statement, clinical studies evaluating the risk of bleeding in patients undergoing minor dental surgery procedures have reported conflicting results. Several studies reported that the post-operative bleeding rate in patients undergoing oral anticoagulant treatment, such as warfarin or uh, cumidine, was not higher than that in patients not undergoing oral anticoagulant treatment. An expert group consensus report focused on preventing dermal filler complications, recommended to reduce the risk of bruising, 
and to pay special attention in patients taking oral anticoagulants. In summary, the risk of bleeding in patients taking oral anticoagulant treatment and with a stable international normalized ratio, INR, in the therapeutic range of two to four is really small and its discontinuation may increase the risk of thrombosis. This is something which is really very important to remember. If the anticoagulant treatment is well balanced, the associated risk of discontinuing the treatment is greater than that of bleeding. Although it is not forbidden, it is advisable to avoid sternus exercise for 24 hours to reduce the risk of bruising and swelling. Now, if we think a little bit deeper, there must be a reason for the anticoagulant therapy. So if someone is taking anticoagulant, whether it's aspirin or any other uh, type of anticoagulant, definitely they are taking it for a reason. And uh, this reason is major. So in my practice and in my opinion, if someone is going to develop some bruises after uh, toxin injection or after filler injection or after any energy-based device or any aesthetic procedure, Bruises is something which is not uh, life-threatening. It is not going to be long-term. It is going to be a temporary action of the skin. And I do strongly believe that stopping the anticoagulant would carry much more risk for that individual than if we had bruises. So stopping the anticoagulant is something I don't do. I just tell the patient that expect bruises. I try to do everything I can in order to avoid by using ice before, during, and after the uh, procedure, ice compresses uh, to induce some vasoconstriction, uh, but uh, the patient is mentally prepared that if bruises happened, it is not a big deal, and it is, uh, I think, much better than uh, stopping the anticoagulant and then having um, um, thrombosis somewhere. So this is my opinion, and I think also this is the panel opinion um, which I showed the paper off. So the panel recommends, this panel, that prophylactically before the procedure to use Arnica with vitamin K creams for three to four days before the procedure on the site we are going to do injections or um, uh, aesthetic treatment which might be associated with bruises. And then for treatment, if it occurred, to use arnica and vitamin K creams and photoprotection in order to avoid hyperpigmentation in the site. So I believe that this is a very balanced uh, recommendations that we can do something to prevent uh, other than stopping the anticoagulants. And if the bruises occurred, then we have uh, something to do. But we try also to use during the procedure some ice compresses in order to minimize the incidence of bruises. Now, the second topic is the aesthetic procedure during the COVID-19 pandemic, what changed? And I believe that uh, we are all now taking uh, certain precautions in order to avoid the spread of the COVID-19. With, uh, with the vaccinations now increasing, I think the risk is less. However, I would like to stress on the fact that uh, as dermatologists uh, practicing whether it's cosmetic procedures or non-cosmetic procedures, I don't think we are not doing uh, most of those precautions. Uh, I'm always saying that the medical clinic, including the dermatology clinic or the, the aesthetic clinic, is uh, one of the safest places someone can be at because at the end it is uh, medically supervised 
and we know the basics of the disinfection and infection control and so on. And hopefully we are all abiding with that even from before the pandemic. But what changed? I think the PPE, uh, safety and patient stuff, everyone now is wearing that. So what we need to try is to limit the number and duration of treatments provided per patient visit. Uh, we don't want so many people to be present at the same time. Uh, preference should be given to utilizing devices with disposable tips, cartridges, blades, and applicators. Uh, the electrocautery produces more surgical smoke than laser or ultrasonic scalpel. Electrocautery leads to the formation of smaller particles, which are 0.07 micron, than lasers and ultrasonic devices, which lead to the formation of larger particles between 0.31 and 6.6 microns. Smaller particles are chemical health hazards, and larger particles are acting as biological hazards. So uh, those are uh, uh, hazards which we, are, we should be aware of uh, even before the era of the uh, COVID. Uh, any ablative lasers can create plume uh, of smoke that can potentially harm the laser surgeon, patient, and operating room personnel. Uh, various bacteria, spores, and human papillomavirus particles have been recovered from carbon dioxide laser plumes. And the two best methods to prevent this inhalation injury are the use of laser-specific surgical mask, which is the N95. Uh, everyone is aware of that now. And a laser-specific plume smoke evacuator held close to the operative, uh, uh, operative site. Now, uh, it is important to know that the, the normal mask the facial mask has pores which are a bit larger and cannot prevent the passage of the human papillomavirus. So when we are working in, in fields where there is plume generated, it is important to wear this N95 mask. And regarding the smoke evacuator, the smoke evacuator as written here has to be held very close to the operative site. So it shouldn't be more than two centimeters away from the surface of the skin which is being ablated. So uh, this is important to be remembered because if we are holding the smoke evacuator a bit far, it loses the efficacy. If we are doing lasers or IPL procedures above clavicle, then the FFP3 uh, or the N95, if this is not available, with reusable, cleanable face shield and laser eye protection should be used. If it is below the clavicle, the N95, uh, is enough with reusable, cleanable face shield and laser eye protection, according to the Lasers in Medical uh, Science article. And this, these are the recommendations regarding using the laser and the IPL procedures in the body regarding the COVID protection. So some recommendations for safe laser practice during the pandemic, clinic visit by appointment only, no walk-in to uh, avoid the overcrowding, Questionnaires for the patient over the phone and on arrival regarding any symptoms or exposure to uh, positive uh, uh, patients and also now about the vaccination. If there is any risk factor revealed through the questionnaire, the procedure should be rescheduled. Facial mask for everyone as much as possible and good ventilation for the laser room is a must. What about the injectables after the COVID vaccine? And this is something which was of concern since we started to see the vaccine. And maybe this was raised by an article from the FDA where they claimed Moderna COVID-19 vaccine may cause side effects in people with facial fillers. 
uh, and this was published in January 2021. And actually, what happened here, uh, the FDA reported three cases of uh, facial edema and swelling uh, after getting the vaccine uh, while they had dermal filler uh, injected in their face. I think three cases in the number of people went into the uh, study of the vaccine uh, is a minimal percentage. And these uh, patients might have swelling even uh, without the vaccine. Uh, and interesting enough that one of the three patients who got the edema had the placebo. So this means that anyone who is having facial filler with anything which can trigger an immune reaction can have some edema. The edema is not uh, serious. It's not long-term, but it was reported. And I think the percentage is uh, not uh, significant. Uh, I don't think there is any issue regarding the botulinum toxin injection and the vaccines. But if someone wants to be uh, cautious, extra cautious, then maybe it's a good idea or good, good suggestion to have a gap of three weeks between injecting uh, fillers and having the vaccination or having the vaccination and injecting fillers. Uh, this is what I would recommend, although um, it is not serious and it is not proven by studies on large population. And that's where we're going to stop today. That was just some of the information he presented during the webcast. Some pretty important information. And there's more where that came from. Exactly. Webcasts like this one are available on demand for EADV members as part of the EADV Learning. For more information about membership, go to EADV.org. We would like to thank Professor Badawi for making such important information available. And we would like to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you follow us on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts to make sure you get the newest episodes delivered right to you. We appreciate you joining us and look forward to presenting more interviews, research, and other topics of merit. Until the next episode, take care of your skin.